to join me in prayer. Loving God, we turn our eyes upon you now. And I ask, may the words of my heart, of our hearts, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday, which is one of my favorite celebrations on the entire church calendar. As most of you know, part of my church background comes from the Pentecostal experience. I was, uh, when I first went into the Pentecostal experience, way back when Jesus was a teenager, I think. It's been a long time ago. And uh, that's where the, the renewed sense of being called to ministry began to burn in my spirit and my soul again. And so it was during that experience that I left my home in, in Kokomo, Indiana, and went to college and got my degree and graduated and then was ordained in the Assemblies of God as a senior pastor. And so that was my experience in the Pentecostal church. And I am thankful for that experience, quite truthfully, because it showed me elements of God that I had never experienced before and have not experienced since in some ways. And it was a very rich time for me, something that I still appreciate very much. You know, I've heard people say, well, that's all just a bunch of emotionalism. It's probably right, a lot of it probably is, but I think God has given us our emotions. And I think God gives us our emotions so that we can express our love toward God as well with our emotions. And so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I'd rather people get a little bit wild in, the, in what they call the Spirit than have nothing at all, you know? Mm -hmm. Pentecost, for a little bit of history lesson here, is a festival that finds its roots in Jewish custom. The word Pentecost means 50th. And it's first spoken of in Exodus 23, 16 as the Feast of Harvest. And again, in Exodus 34:22, as the day of first fruits. It's also referenced in Numbers 28. Beginning with the second day of the Passover, or seven complete weeks, there were 49 days that were to be reckoned. And this feast of reckoning was held on the 50th day, the day of first fruits, the day of Pentecost. This is where we find the followers of Jesus in our reading today from Acts chapter 2. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he stayed with the disciples 40 days. And before he ascended to heaven, which was mentioned in our last uh, service together, last Sunday, uh, just before his ascension, he instructed the disciples that they were to wait for the Holy Spirit to come to them. It wasn't popular to be a follower of Jesus during this time in history because those who followed Christ were going against the organized religion of the day. Being a follower of Jesus during this time in history meant you ran the risk of actually being killed. It's believed that on the day of Pentecost, there were more than just the initial 12 disciples minus Judas. In fact, the number of Christ's disciples waiting for the arrival of the Holy Spirit was probably closer to 120 people, if not more than that. And they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to arrive. What I find interesting about that is Jesus didn't say, 
how the Holy Spirit would arrive. He just said, wait for the promise of God uh, of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, they were probably wondering, is there going to be a knock on the door and we open the door? Because, you know, Jesus was in human form. And someone would be standing there and say, hello, I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm in your waiting line. They really didn't have any idea of how the Spirit would arrive. Well, I'm probably sure of at least, not 100%, but I would imagine that they didn't think that the Spirit would arrive with wind and fire. Thus, this is why we have our little flames going today in honor of the Holy Spirit and the way the Holy Spirit came. I mean, let's think about it. No sane person would think that the Holy Spirit would arrive with fire and wind mixed, would they? I don't think so. I wouldn't anyway. But that's just the way the Holy Spirit arrived. In an unconventional way. I don't know about you, but my experience oftentimes is that God comes to me in unconventional ways. In ways that catch me a little bit off guard. In ways that I didn't necessarily expect. Sometimes through people that I didn't necessarily expect to be the mouthpiece of God for me. But indeed, they have been. The disciples are gathered together waiting for the Holy Spirit to arrive when the wind begins to blow. I like to imagine that suddenly they feel just a little bit of the breeze and their hair maybe starts to, to move just a little bit and then it gradually picks up. That's kind of where my mind goes with that. I don't know how it happened. They're locked in a room and, when they, and then they feel the breeze and I have to believe that they thought something, something unusual was beginning to stir and was beginning to happen. But then when the tongues of fire appeared, I think probably all doubt was removed that they were convinced that something unusual was happening to them. An amazing transformation happened to the disciples that day. An empowering of God took place in their lives. And this touch of the Holy Spirit changed them for good in some really incredible ways. With the touch of the Holy Spirit, these fearful followers of Christ are transformed into bold Powerful witnesses of God's love and grace found in Christ. And because of this event, those followers go out and share God's love. And I would go as far as to say, radically change the world. We are a result of the day of Pentecost. Many say the New Testament church was born on that day. And we are born again because of that day. This morning I want us to consider the day of Pentecost and I want us to see that this outpouring of the Holy Spirit wasn't just something that happened to facilitate the beginning of the New Testament church, but that it is an outpouring that has an ongoing occurrence that is available to us today. Now, just in case anyone started to get a little bit of anxiety stricken, thinking, oh my God, he's going to call everybody forward and start casting devils and all that kind of stuff out. Uh, I'm not going to do that, so just relax. Just in case anyone was thinking that. Because Pentecostalism is going to come out. I don't know, saying that may not happen at some point in time. <laughs> but I am saying I'm not going to drag you forward and cast devils out. So as we consider the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out, I want us to think about the outcome 
really, the end result of that day. It's one thing to have a manifestation of God, and it's one thing to have a, a, an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our own lives or even in a corporate church setting. It's another thing to have that experience do a deep work within us and wrought behaviors in us that maybe would not have happened without that experience with God. And we're going to look a little bit about what happened to the disciples as a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit into their lives. The first result of the Holy Spirit's presence is that the Spirit of God had a unifying effect. You'll notice on the day of Pentecost, those being filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak in languages they didn't know how to speak, and yet others understood them. Now, you know, I've heard people say, you know, well, when I've heard people speaking in tongues, it just sounds like a bunch of gibberish. And it does. But I've heard firsthand experiences from people who have been in worship settings where they have heard someone, they are there visiting and they have their, they have their language, uh, their, their normal dialect that they speak in, and they've heard someone speaking in tongues that was their language. That they actually spoke and knew. But that other person that was speaking in tongues as the Spirit enabled them to do, they were they did not know that language. They had never been exposed to that language and had never been trained in that language. And yet it was a language being spoken that someone recognized. And this is what happened to the disciples in their experience. They began to speak in tongues and tongues and people heard the clamoring and the noise going on from the room. And as they gathered around, they could hear these people talking in their own languages. They had come from different areas of Jerusalem. They spoke different dialects. And yet they heard their own languages being spoken. Thus they were all unified and had a unifying effect. They heard praises of God being uttered in their language by people who just moments ago couldn't speak the very language they were now speaking. It was a God thing, a Holy Spirit thing. Those tongues being spoken and those hearing God's praises unified the people. Pentecost gives us eyes to see and ears to hear God's voice. Pentecost happened and tongues were spoken so that we might understand one another and the good news in just the way we need to hear and understand. The presence of the Spirit brings us together and binds us together with purpose. We become unified and willing to work together for the common good of proclaiming God's love and inclusion. That's what I love about the corporate church. That's what I love about gathering together with people of like precious faith. Because when we are all together, we have that unified purpose. We have the common goal of building up our church so that we can then proclaim our message to those who have yet to hear. That is the purpose, one of the purposes that we find the disciples experienced when the Holy Spirit came to them. But not only did the Holy Spirit bring the people together, another result of the Holy Spirit's presence is confidence. The Holy Spirit gave those early believers confidence in who they were in God. I believe the same happens today. I find it so amazing how Peter, being so afraid of what might happen to him for being a follower of Christ, denied Jesus how many times? Yeah, not just once, not just twice, but he denied Jesus three. 
three times. And then after being filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter stands before the crowd of unbelievers who have gathered and boldly proclaims the message of Christ to them. That's an amazing transformation that the Holy Spirit performed in the life of Peter from someone who would deny Christ three times before the authorities, from someone who was held up in an upper room, petrified and afraid of what was going to happen next, next, waiting for the Holy Spirit to arrive, however that was going to happen, to then be filled with the presence, touched by the Holy Spirit, and then to be out there proclaiming that same message, that same person that he denied to crowds of people. The Holy Spirit instills in us a confidence, reminds us of who we are in Christ, and that with all things Christ, with all things in Christ, is possible. When the Holy Spirit comes to us, we have a greater confidence of who we are in God. That we are all God's precious treasures. None of us are mistakes. We are not flawed people. That's not to say we may not have a personality glitch here and there. <laughs> I have known one or two of those out of people from good, well-meaning church people. And of course, I encourage them that you to go see a therapist and get that glitch worked on because that's not how God intended. <laughs> I've had people say some, some of the most bizarre things in my 20 plus years. Have been, well, Pastor, that's just the way I am. Well, you know, we have a saying in MCC all people are welcome, but not all behaviors are welcome. Amen. So let's get it worked out. If you don't want to cast in that, right? <laughs> a little bit of hostile humor there. <laughs>
just before Jesus ascended to heaven, he instructed the disciples that they were to be a witness for God and that they were to wait for God's promise of the Holy Spirit to come before they launched their public ministry. And after the Holy Spirit came, they were filled with God's love and power and they were ready to serve and to share that love with the world. The early disciples had a message to proclaim. We too have a message to proclaim. With the Holy Spirit, we can make a difference in our world, one person at a time, perhaps. But through our proclamation of God's love and the difference our spirituality has made in our lives, we do have a story to tell. We do have a message to proclaim. We can be conduits of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit can flow through us so that we can have that confidence to speak our truth to those who need to find their truth. My life has been changed by the work of the Holy Spirit in me. My life has been enhanced because God has come to me not necessarily in a bizarre or unexplainable way. Because I believe God comes to us in all of those ways. Yes, I've seen people laid out on the floor. I've seen people laughing uncontrollably in a church setting. It's not because someone said something. But it was just because the Spirit of God was upon them. And there was a sense of a, a holy kind of laughter that just came bubbling up from I remember one time when I was preaching in the Assemblies of God, I had a gentleman just come forward for prayer and he fell out, what we call, you know, resting in the spirit. And that boy laid there for almost an hour, not moving. I had to just kind of look and make sure his chest was going up and down, that he had to have some kind of a medical emergency being a great spiritual person, right? <laughs> God has a way of coming to us in ways that are sometimes unconventional, ways we didn't necessarily expect. Does it mean all of us are going to be laid out on the floor? It might. But it does mean when we are open to the presence and the Spirit of God to come to us, sometimes that revelation is through that still, small voice where God just speaks and whispers to us. I think Brent had a visit from the Holy Spirit during worship last week because he said during worship that he felt God spoke to him about actually creating a podcast capability for our church. So now the sermons are now on iTunes and you can get them and download them to your iPod, your iPad, to your iPhone and then listen to them on the go. But Brent felt impressed by God during last week's sermon to figure out how to do that, and, and he did it. Those are also the ways that the Holy Spirit comes to us, sometimes just by that gentle voice in our hearts. And so I want to invite you this morning to be open to hearing the Holy Spirit's voice. The story of Pentecost may seem like something that was only for the church some 2,000 years ago. 
But I submit to us that the Holy Spirit is still alive and well today and wants to be an active part of our lives and our church so that we can all be like-minded with the common purpose, so that we can all have confidence and discover our spiritual gifts, so that we can all have boldness to proclaim God's all-inclusive love. the first day of Pentecost happened so long ago, it was because the people needed the presence of the Holy Spirit to come to them and to help them. I would say not much has changed some 2,000 years. I believe we all, our church, we as individuals, need the Holy Spirit
fall upon our church, O God, and upon each of us. That you would speak to our hearts now in these moments. That we would speak to you in those areas in which we need you and how we need you. and help. 